0: welcome to the podcast. So, you know, you've got to know, I'm sure you have a friend where you walk in the room and this friend just takes one quick look at your eyes and it's like, what's wrong with you? Or what happened? It's like they know you eerily well. Well, just so you know, I'm going to be like that person right now for about the next five seconds, because I feel like I understand exactly why you're listening to the podcast. And that's because... You want to live a rich life of knowing Jesus and doing the very thing that he has made you to do. And no doubt you're hoping that this episode is going to speak to you or encourage you or be used by God to sharpen you or reveal himself to you. So listen, me too. My name is Andy Bruce and you're listening to the Women Speaking Truth Podcast. God uses these kinds of environments and a thousand and one others to reveal himself and absolutely transform people and that's what we're hoping for here at women speaking truth it's why we exist so that you and i as women can be transformed by god as we open his word as we maybe attend an event or invite our friends to do something for the very first time and we're just not sure how it's going to go the whole point is that we would encounter god and be transformed so welcome to the podcast Today, we're talking about something that, for me, it's pretty personal at the moment. Actually, it's really personal. We're talking about how to keep your wits about you when a woman that you love and lead goes off the rails. So here's how it usually happens. You begin investing in this person. And listen, they're receiving it. And you both see change. It could be like tiny, moderate amounts of change or dramatic change. It doesn't matter. The point is that God is working through you in this woman's life, which in turn leads you to invest more and love more and pray more and care more about this woman because God is using you to disciple her simply through your life. And then something happens. Maybe you saw it coming. Maybe you didn't. It's like she makes this decision that can't be undone that goes against everything she said she wanted or that undercut what you both have said that you wanted for her life ultimately she makes a a decision that goes against god and for you for the person doing the discipling i'm telling you this can be absolutely devastating it can make you question all of who you are if you did enough if you shouldn't have done that maybe you didn't see something maybe you did see something before but you didn't say anything I mean it really could put you as the leader in the tailspin and so what we want to talk about is a major reality it's when her decision her sin absolutely violates what God and what you have been moving toward with her for a long time and so our big question is so what do you as the discipler the leader do so that's what I've been walking through for a really short time, but I'm telling you, it's been an intense almost two weeks. God dropped this amazing kid into my life and really into my heart. And since then, she's been with my family, spending significant amounts of time with us. And I'm telling you, we love her. Then, about two weeks ago or so, she made some choices that have been, man, so much further reaching in the consequences than she could have ever thought possible. And as a leader who is doing and desires to do a life where it's about Jesus and loving and leading people to Him, it's been a tough week for me personally. And I've got to be honest, there's been lots of fear, oh my goodness, the amount of worry and anxiety, a sense of loss. and even most recently, quite a bit of anger. So let's talk about what we do when the women that we love and lead fail and they seem to botch their calling. It's like when there's major sin or major wrong thinking that doesn't just stay here. It moves out toward behavior or when they're deceived and they move into a deception or when they deceive others. When their secret life comes barreling out and their duplicity is exposed, how do you and I, the one who is loving and leading, how do we handle it? Rather than emotionally and mentally going off the rails with her, even though we're trying not to, what are some guardrails to keep us from spiraling? That's where we're headed. I've got three things for us. And listen, you and I both know there are so many more than just three things, right? But it's been these three things for me in the last almost two weeks that have kept me more grounded than other things. So I wanted to share these with you. Number one, the place she is at is a crucial part of her relationship with God. The place that she's at right now, when she's chosen, let's just make things up, an affair to expose something to someone that was like, so should not have ever been exposed. When there's deception, when you find out about things that have been happening behind the scenes, it's like when that stuff comes out, this place that she's at is a crucial part of her discipleship. Why? She has to learn... Oh, this is so important. She has to learn to find God when she's failed him. She has to learn to find God when she's failed him. And you and I both know that it's not failure per se, so I use this word carefully. But you and I also know that when we have botched our own relationships with God and with people, it feels exactly like failure. So I'm using this word failure really intentionally, although I'm not using it to mean spiritually. And as her mentor and friend, we want to save her. We wanna jump in and we wanna make choices for her. We wanna counsel her and give her so much, sort of trying to ensure that she's gonna do it or that she fully understands. Listen, she understands to the extent that she wants to understand. And still, we want to jump in and try to save her or do it for her. But I'm telling you, as a woman who is loving and leading her, she has to learn to find God for herself with you, but for herself when she's failed him. So I know we want to relieve her of the pain, hands down. And we want to undo some of her decisions for her, no joke. But as much as you and I want to, don't jump in to save her. Don't jump in further than what God is giving you wisdom for. And therefore, as you're praying for her, and as you kind of have this really deep down sense, but you want to modify that to really do what you want to do to jump in to save her. I'm telling you, it is here that matters far more than the fruitful times that you've done ministry and life with her because at the end of the day it is her relationship with jesus and part of discipling women is loving them when they go and pull a peter and they go cutting someone's ear off or pulling a david when they say with their lips that they just want god but they choose an affair or sin or when she pulls a moses and makes a super rash and hasty decision out of emotion and she throws stone tablets at rocks and just messes something pretty major up. But here's the thing with Peter, Jesus told him to put the sword back in the sheath. He gave a direction to Peter of what to do next, but left the doing of it up to him. And with David, Nathan, the prophet came and said, Here's what God had done for you. Here's what God had called you to, but here is what you did. And with his emotions for Moses, his emotions went hog wild for a day. And then the next day, he told the people about their sin and he told them to go to God. So how do we take those ideas from Peter and David and Moses and what do we do with them? How do we help her to learn to find God after she feels like she has failed him? In all three of these accounts, there's one common theme. It's telling the person about the sin and how to move toward God. It's just telling the person, here's what you did. Put the sword away. And then Jesus sat back for a moment as he watched Peter choose. And for Nathan, he said, here's what God had called you to, but here's what you did. In that and after that is when David said, oh, my sin. And we see him do this major repentance. And then with Moses, we don't see God assembling the stones for him. He had to walk it out and take ownership and responsibility, thereby helping others do the same. Jesus, God did not jump in off the deep end to save and rescue and do it for them. And that is super imperative for us. And that's our role. When those that we love and lead fail, we tell them their sin, and we tell them how to move toward God. It sounds like, babe, you've hurt a lot of people, including yourself. Have you talked this out with God? Or, my friend, you turned your back on God. Turn back around to Him. It's these kinds of things where we show them what to do next, one very small thing and that thing has to point them toward repentance and their relationship with god okay so that's the first thing is we don't jump in to save them instead we let their relationship be theirs and we show them and teach them how to find god after they feel like they've seriously failed him this is major this is major 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 so let's move on to the second thing second We let the natural consequences of their sin be the consequences. Because it's not our job to punish her. It's not our job to help her to see the enormity of her sin. It's not our job to help her experience, hopefully, what we think is going to be more repentance or more remorse. Nope. And in fact, that turns into some really unhealthy stuff where there's a violation of grace and truth. So instead, we realize that it's not our job to punish her. Thank God, right? But it is our job to help her see that sin is not free or cheap. It is costly and it's always more costly than we counted on. Now, when we're talking about a leader in a ministry or a major violation against people or something that is so unethical that it goes against the law, obviously there's more to it. And you walk through that slowly with pastors who are hopefully full of grace and truth and who have done lots of healthy church discipline before. But typically for the women that we just love and lead and disciple, our flesh is going to want to create a type of punishment so that she is put in her place. It's sort of like what I experience as a mom when it's not just that my kid has messed up or violated a rule again. It's like this thing and my flesh takes over and I want to kind of like a dog trainer who's teaching the dog not to pee inside the house on the rug where you want to rub the dog's nose in it. And it's kind of, we have to be so watchful and let that be a really big white flag for us as the woman who's loving and leading her toward Jesus. And when we see that, it's like we just wave the white flag and realize that is never our place. That is God's place. It's his role. He's perfect at discipline. It's never our job to put her in her place, it's only God's to discipline. And rather than creating some type of penance that she needs to pay, we let the natural consequences of her behavior be the consequences for her. And listen, by the, by, what we mean here, it's that we say, here's the consequences. How is that gonna play out for you? So you did this, what do you think, it, What were you thinking and what did you intend? See the difference between saying, here's what you did. Here's what you did. And simply asking her questions so that the natural consequences do the thing as she hopefully is processing through them and looking carefully at them that is leading her through natural consequences rather than creating consequences for her, which end up in a really weird spiritual and health entanglement. Okay, so lastly, for the friend that you are loving and leading toward Jesus and she totally makes a pretty big blunder that you didn't see coming, but she probably did. You love her from the sidelines. Okay, so this one is going to sound harsh and it's maybe even going to sound like this thing of natural consequences, so just let me uh finish this thought. So Loving her from the sidelines. Here's what I mean. You and her were in a race together. It's like this faith race. You were in the race with her before she made a blunder. You were running alongside her. You were supporting her, encouraging her, and challenging her. But obviously, she made a decision to either stop running or end her race or even violate the race of those around her causing them to have an injury. Obviously, we're using the spiritual race metaphor here. And because of her decision, she changed the relationship with you. That doesn't mean that there's no relationship anymore. Nope. But it does mean that part of the natural consequences is the recognition eventually of The recognition that she has changed the relationship a bit. Now listen, a mistake I've made so many times is pretending that things were the same with her and our relationship. And they weren't. It's like my attempt to make her feel more comfortable and make her feel like she's just totally accepted by me. And when we talk about what happened, I talk about it as if she's still running next to me. See the problem? it's like she has made decisions to change for a time the relationship with you because that's part of the natural consequences. And what I have done totally in error and in some ignorance and really just in a desire to display more compassion and less truth to her is I've kind of pretended like we can just be the same. Like everything can just hit a reset button without natural consequences. But over time, I've learned that a crucial part of discipleship is this process of letting her find God when she's failed him. And this doesn't happen when I pretend the relationship hasn't changed. So rather than pretending everything is right back to normal so that we both feel better. By the way, this is so much about loving myself, too, because I just want to make it normal for me and make it feel better for me instead of the heaviness or the weightiness or the awkwardness of the reality that she has changed some of the relationships because of her sin. So rather than pretending so that I could feel better, I slow it down. Rather than paint the picture that existed before her blunder and sin, my job is to help her see how things have changed by asking questions like, what has changed? Do you feel like our relationship has changed? If so, how and why? What do you want now? What were you wanting when you made that decision? What's your next step? Do you feel like you can be honest with yourself? Do you feel like you can be honest with me about what you're really thinking or wanting? where are you struggling to actually feel repentant what is god asking you to do what have your conversations with god sounded like what has your repentance looked like it's not creating punishment nor is it evicting the relationship it's simply letting her not just feel but understand the weight of sin is for real And if we pussyfoot around that issue, we are absolutely cutting in on what God's doing in her. And we are definitely not discipling her because absolutely part of discipleship is leading a woman toward Jesus. And when there's sin, that is blatant and gross and um, like seismic, meaning there's tremors underground and there's going to be for a long time our role of discipleship doesn't change it's always to lead her at an appropriate pace toward jesus instead of pretending like things haven't changed or that there's not going to be natural consequences or that there isn't going to be a season of repentance that is led by god if she wants it to be and ultimately right here where she's at this discipleship is all about helping her find god when she thinks she's failed him because if we can help her find god then the next time this happens and there just will be a next time and then the next time after that the next time after that she will start to understand grace and that is what we hope for her so tune in next week as we start moving toward what it looks like to be a woman who has vision And I want to help us. The vision is not for the CEO or the ministry leader. Vision is actually for every single disciple, including you and I. So we're going to look at what is vision from a biblical perspective, as well as what do we do when we feel like God's given us some vision. Okay. Thanks gang. See you next week.